Hey guys, welcome back to On Wednesdays We Were Pink. This is part two of our Pixar episode, and we're glad that you're here with us, so let's not waste any time and just jump right in. Boom. I'm Josiah Rizzo. I'm Benji Jones. And on Wednesdays, We, we Were Pink. All right, 2009, Up. Up. Uh, Benji. Well. All right. This is one that I saw a lot because of Josh, my little brother. Is this on the list? It's not. It's okay, not. good, I, good. I only, he, I, he only made me watch it like three or four times. But um, I did obviously enjoy the movie. Uh, it was super fun. I had a friend at the time who uh, had a lot of the personalities of a dog as far as he was very <laughs> loving and hyperactive and liked to be outside. And so Doug reminded me of him, and we would always call him Doug and like make fun of him. Not make fun of him, but, you know, make fun of him. Um, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this just resonates in that aspect. And there's definitely, like, lines in here that squirrel that really just are randomly quotable. <laughs> yeah. I consider the first 15 minutes of Up to be one of the greatest pieces of cinema ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I walked in to the theater to see another Pixar movie. I did not expect that I was going to be presented with my own mortality and it it rocked me completely rocked me to the core um and and the uh my friend who was sitting next to me said are you crying and i'm like how could you not be my my god i was not expecting that and up is the number that that first 15 minutes every time i i'm with low-income students gang-impacted students uh whoever they are, to start a discussion on what does your future look like, mm-hmm. I play that scene. Damn. Wow. And, what are you trying to... <laughs> and they are, they are immediately engaged. Uh-huh. That, that's the power of that, of that, of that piece, that is, is that they are so engaged with it, they're ready to have a conversation that about That is fighting so dirty. That is, <laughs> that is a dirty trick up your sleeve, Pastor oh, Eric. Man, hey, I, use what you can use to get to people. Right? Oh, my God. And that's so good, though. Yeah. So there's that piece. There is the um, there's this incredible story of mentorship mm-hmm. and what happens in the second half of life, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which which I have to think about a lot. And and uh, you mentioned something about uh, what happens when we reach this this age or this point in life where where we're going to continue in obscurity mm-hmm. and mm. have we crucified our egos in in order to embrace that and what does that second half of life look like and in this case it's mentorship and so this is a powerful story one the first half of it just to recognize are you going to move forward with your dreams or are you going to constantly let crisis cause interrupt them and keep you from from reaching them i that's think that, that's one and also like reevaluating your dreams too. yes yeah yes mm-hmm. reevaluating them enjoying the journey uh, another important lesson of mm-hmm. uh because he thinks that he has made a terrible mistake and has and has not delivered to his wife the most important thing to her mm-hmm. and and if he had just bothered to look at the book he would have he would have known that that her life with him was the richest, most wonderful adventure, yeah. and that she wanted him to have more. It's um, I, I I think I can say this because there's films that I love when it comes to nostalgia. Mm-hmm. There's films that I love because they're just well well done. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and just put it on record. I'm pretty sure Up is like my favorite Pixar film. Mm-hmm. When I think yes. of what Pixar represents and means, I think yeah. of Up. Yeah. At this point in my life, I had joined my church's daycare. And this was I was starting to volunteer at this care group um, with kids who ranged from like four years old to, you know, 13. Um, and I was volunteering for the first time. I was becoming like a youth leader of my own. And now all of a sudden I'm put in this this position where I'm watching people grow up. And I'm observing life that I used to take for granted. And like I used to not be aware of anything beyond myself. Like, I mean, I wasn't a selfish kid. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. suddenly now I'm like seeing other people's lives and right. these kids that I – that they're leaving an impact on me and I'm aware of how much of an impact I'm leaving on them. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time but I was identifying with him, this older gentleman, because at that moment I was starting to become – that was my life. 
I was switching from just thinking about me to now thinking about other people. So that was a very interesting uh, moment. Also, Doug's really hilarious. So I am yeah. Doug. That precious uh, innocence, and even Russell. Um, oh God! Yeah, it, it it helps us. There's a there's a statement that I always use in in ministry mm-hmm. is that we are called to see the diamond in others instead of the coal. Mm. And what we see between Carl and Russell is that Carl is 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 uh, standoffish because he sees the coal and the inconvenience, mm. but then he begins to see the diamond mm-hmm. and the ability to be present with people. And I think in our busy city lives, we can be in the same room with people, but not truly be present with them. Yeah. And absolutely. it's, uh, and any of us, it, it doesn't, it's not about whether we're married or not, or any of those things. Do we know how to be present with the Russells of this world? Yeah. And that's, oh. and that the movie is a call to that. Well, damn Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot. Um, Benji, do you have anything to say before we, no, I started this one. Up yeah, is great. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's I fun. Love it. I kind of want to watch it after we're done with this, but that's me. All right, so I am heartless, and I didn't cry at the beginning. That's fine. <laughs> you, I will, I will be present the day that you cry over something, and it will be glorious. Something that's not spilt milk. <laughs> something that is not spilt milk. It will be a Pixar film called Spilt Milk. <laughs> oh God, it's so true. <laughs> John Cena is <laughs> spilled milk. milk. You can't drink me. <laughs> That's gross. Um, Toy Story three though. Ah, oof. Is there? I don't know if there's a single person on the planet who who got really nervous at the end. Oh, I thought you about thought that. that they were really going to die. I mean, I'm with my with my wife and daughter, and all of us are panicking because we're, like, we don't know. How they're going to escape exactly. this? Yeah, exactly. And just completely panicked. So between that, um, how we move on, mm-hmm. um, the, the the last scene just destroyed me, and I just yeah, I just bawled. Yeah. So for you, it was the Andy giving the toys away that made you cry. Or the the Ab- scene with the hand holding before they go into the fire, or both. Both. Well, both. both. I, 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 nothing. I think one of the things about Pixar films is that they're not necessarily predictable, which is what I love. I mm. love a film that I can't figure out. Right. And at that moment when they're in the, the trash compact, I could not figure out. I, I, I kept thinking, they're not going to kill them. So Are what's going to happen? Is, is somebody going to die? I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I really could not see how there was going to be any kind of rescue. Oh, yeah. So that was amazing. Uh-huh. Um, but then... Andy, because at some point we are going to move on mm-hmm. and leave some things behind. Yeah. And the goal is can we can we leave those things in good hands? Yeah. Um, and so there was that was a very powerful scene to me, mm-hmm. and I I bawled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to go next, or I mean, I'll if, just address that scene since we're already on it. Yeah, I didn't like it. He, you didn't like as far it. as a story aspect. I was annoyed that Andy gave his toys away, um, because I mean, part of it is just me being like, you know, ah, this isn't my toy story, <laughs> not my toy story. Andy wouldn't <laughs> give away. That's not my Andy. He would never give away. <laughs> you wow. know, like they Daenerys him. Um, but no, okay. I just all right. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that Benji. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but I do think, like, I was annoyed because, like, I was just, like, I feel like the point of Toy Story is that they're Andy's toys and that they bring joy to Andy. And then, obviously, Andy can't keep them forever, but they at least should stay in his family. So, it was, like, maybe Toy Story 3 was about Andy being an adult and passing his toys on to his kids. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, it was, like, a huge thing. The whole right. arc was... Yes was oh all of your owners are going to get tired of you and eventually give you away and they were like not Andy Andy's special and they made a whole thing about that mm. like Andy is special Andy would never give us away and in the third movie he gives them away so yeah, that but- bothered me and then it was a second like little 
asterisk or whatever that they were like, oh, and he's got a little sister. So it was like that double insurance of if Hmm. by some hand of God, Andy does get rid of us, he's got a little sister to take care of us. I disagree. And then so he would pass. So they would pass from the little sis from Andy to the little sister in Toy Story 3. And then in Toy Story 4, when Andy's little sister is ready to give him up. And you'll be old enough to have a little kid that he can give the toys back to. And we all stay in Andy's family and we stay happy and safe with Andy. So I didn't like mm. the end of Toy Story 3. But yeah, no, I that was just a personal thing. I again, I saw that way later. I saw it probably like three or four years ago, which is why I'm pretty sure that's when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> this was the last Pixar film that hit me the way the original Pixar films did. Mm-hmm. And there has been great films since, like Coco and Inside Out are phenomenal movies. Mm-hmm. But after Toy Story 3, it just felt not like, not only the um, the climax and the end of the Toy Story trilogy. But it was just that bow on the top of your childhood. It was like, it, I, because at that point, I was like Andy, I was, I was moving on to a different period of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking care of kids. I was working on bigger projects as an adult. And this was the last time a Pixar film ever hit me that same way. What's funny is that actually, like, that is kind of exactly what it was because we were, we came, we weren't born when Toy Story came out, but, like, that's, we were, like, around that age of Andy. Right. And, like, in Toy Story 3, he's, like, going to college, yeah. right? Yeah, and we So, like, that. in 2010, that's around the time we would have been going to college. We were Andy, essentially, yeah. and we were moving past our childhoods of Toy Story and moving on. Yeah. And them passing the reins, I guess, the toys to that little girl was them giving Toy Story to a new generation, essentially. I loved it. It could have been his little sister, eh. but I digress. Uh, <laughs> before we move on, I would agree with you, though, Pastor Eric. Like, in terms of, of storytelling, I, I can't imagine a film getting away with, uh, like, even just live-action films getting away with making you think, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And somehow Toy Story 3, that that inferno scene, accepting of death, it's not just that these characters might die. It's that they accept right. that they're going to die. Right. Yeah. right. Wrecks me. So that was Toy Story 3, probably one of my favorite Pixar films, although I say that about everything. Yeah, but, you've uh, literally said that about like, all Well, Up films. is my favorite Pixar <laughs> film, like okay. hands down. Um, but there's always something vying for 2 and 3, and yeah. I just don't know what it is. Okay, so... Um, Guys, what what was our uh, consensus on on Cars Two? Hated it. <laughs> and moving on, <laughs> I actually didn't see it, but I would assume that I would have hated it. It was, you know, Anyways. it's like it says a lot when when basically the worst Pixar film is basically is just a mediocre film. Like, mm-hmm. Right. It's not that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not the worst animated film ever, but it's not at all. It's the worst of theirs. Yeah. 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 Okay. So next we have 2012 Brave. I just have one question. If you had the chance to change your fate, would you? (laughs) Do not set me up like that again. I like the movie. I like Brave. It. It. I know it's everyone kind of shits on it, and I'm just like, it's such a. It's not. I don't know. How would you? How would you pinpoint? It's an Oscar winner, and and I don't say that to to justify the film. Mm-hmm. The film is really good. It is. And it's a it's a mother-daughter film. Mm-hmm. It's a strong mother-daughter story. And that whole uh, if if you just go along with that journey when you get to the piece of of the tapestry. I, one of uh, so there's two things that really grab me about the film. Uh one is the animation of her hair. Oh, uh, right. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean just Another game changer in in Pixar animation. Yeah. The scenes when her mother as the bear starts becoming a bear. Mm. Every time that happens and the eyes go black and and she loses it, the the horror of what's really happening Mm -hmm. just really hits you. And when it gets to the end and she's desperately trying to sew the tapestry and get it back together and and it seems like, you know, nothing is going to come of it. Yeah. It it gets to me, mm-hmm. it, it and it, but I watch my wife and my daughter when they're watching that, and uh, it really gets to them. Yeah. At this point, Pixar has enough films where like we can make films for whoever we want to make them now. Like, yeah, because this one was definitely something I saw as more of like a Disney film. Like mm-hmm. I actually didn't even realize that it was a Pixar film until we were looking at all of them, and I was like, oh, 
Yeah, mm. that's right. Brave is yeah. Pixar, I guess. Uh, anything else before we move on? I'll be fighting for my own hand. I'll be shooting for my own hand. <laughs> I was gonna. I like that her. Actually, yes. I pulled myself back. That's the thing, dude. Yeah. She's a fun character. Yeah, a, a great and a, a wonderful, refreshing, strong female role that yeah. needed to happen. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. yeah. When I think about it, I just I'm like, oh, you're you're fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But moving on, we're gonna go to 2013 Monster University. Monster Monsters University. University. Monsters University. Um, anything quick on this one? What are, what are we feeling? Um, you have any, I just quickly would say I haven't seen it yet. It looks like a fun movie. Um, I mean, just watching the trailer, I was laughing at like five different things, <laughs> but I think I didn't end up seeing it because I would have much rather to see, to see like a sequel, not a prequel. Like, yeah. I feel like a prequel is just kind of like an easy thing to do versus like, I would love to see the story progress and see what happened with Kitty and Boo. But yeah. <laughs> It was just an okay film to me. Yeah. It, it, there were, I didn't see any reason for it to be made. Yeah, same. It was just a kind of like a money grab because they knew that Monsters Inc. was like popular, but they weren't going to put, not to like down on them, but they weren't going to put the thought into like progressing the story and making something new. They were just like, well, let's like talk about what happened beforehand because it's just like a fun, easy story. Uh, I mean, I would agree with you, but. Um, the thing that set this film apart for me was the insane moral theme that they have in the movie, which mm-hmm. is just like, spoiler alert for Benji, <laughs> but the balls that they had to make a film that essentially says, you can't always achieve your dreams, get over it. Uh, because was uh, like, yeah. because poor Mike wanted to be a scare. And, and it's right. brutal. It yeah. literally yeah. ends like, you're not scary. And just because you put hard work to everything, which is a moral that we <sighs> all heard growing up that when we put our minds to something we can do anything and this film just went no you can't (laughs) well somebody needs to say it and i was just like that alone for me put this on like kind of the it 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 brought it up from just being like an okay pixar film to like holy shit what did you just say Mm -hmm. you know and then they follow it up of course with like find what you really are good at as opposed to what you think you should be doing Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm still in Texas. I've done about three years uh, in the kid in the care group. I'm starting to kind of face the own reality of like I'm not sure what my career is going to be moving forward. And I think I need to move to California. I need to move back to California. And this film was coming on the heels of that decision that I was going to be moving away. Mm. When I meet people, because you meet hundreds upon thousands of actors out here who tell themselves this is what i'm gonna do this is what i was always meant to do and you know now to be honest with yourself and be like is it yeah can you who knows without like how do you do that without compromising who you are yeah but it's like like it's there's kind of only one way to find out is to like really go for it and find out that it's not the thing (laughs) which is a great part about that film too it doesn't chastise people for being naive it's just once you find out, you need what to are you going to do? Course correct, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, Monsters University was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing. Um, now, skipping ahead to Inside, Inside Out, out. Yeah. twenty fifteen. Yeah. So great. You love this movie. I don't you? love this movie. Oh, talking to me or Pastor? Eric. Uh, both of you guys. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. you both love yeah. this movie so yeah. much. You go first. Um, I, I don't. I just, I love the movie. It was super. Obviously, like it hit real stuff it hit real emotions it tackled like interactions and stuff but i just loved how well it presented it and how just like it was like a light easy well there were a lot of parts that were very heavy but it was overall when you think back on it just a light easy fun movie oh, oh yeah bing bong was uh that was light and easy for you not for you <laughs> not for say, me. this is this is the first and i think only movie out of all of these movies that i can tell you like where i was when i saw it first and i was at uh, the drive-in with Josiah and a few of our other friends. Uh, I didn't know drive-ins existed anymore, so I was very mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was the first time I saw you cry in a movie when Bing Bong. Uh, Little did you know it wouldn't down. be the last. It was not going to be the last <laughs> for sure. And I absolutely love Lava, the short film. What about you? I Okay, Pixar <laughs> to me is like a Christopher Nolan film because he takes these extremely complicated ideas mm-hmm. and then puts it into a presentation that anyone can see them and, and grasp it. Who makes an animated movie about child development 
how the brain and emotions <laughs> oh <God>. work. <laughs> yes. Right. Who I mean, who even thinks of that? How do you yeah. even how do you even start like they say what start like start to break that down? You, right. Yeah. How do you eat an elephant? You just do it one a bite at a time. Like right. where does <laughs> right. the bite begin? Like Right. You're right. The inspiration to say, you know what, I think I want to make an animated film about child development and how this, how the brain works and how the emotions uh, work. And you put all of that information <laughs> in Jerry, there. you're fired. <laughs> Get out. Right. But Damn that's it. that's the uh, of I think of all the Pixar films, the concept of this movie just blew me away. It yeah. shouldn't exist when you think about it. Right, right, absolutely not. Yeah, but um, uh, how how do you feel about it, sir? Like I said, Toy Story three was kind of the wrap up um, of kind of how I felt about Pixar films. At this point. I had been living in California for a good uh, a good period of my life, and that's, I come back. That's true. I, I was back. like, "That's not true." We weren't in LA, right? So I I came back from LA, and I was no longer working in the daycare. And the kids, a lot of them, had grown up in that span of a year. Mm. I had cared about these people, and now they've moved on in their own way, which is awesome. Like like the fact that uh, these kids had faced the point where it's now I'm my own person, but I died a little bit inside when I was watching this film because it's happening around the same time and like Goofball Island dies. Mm, when the, right. when Goofball Island right. just gets destroyed, right. that resonated with me because I was facing that with specific kids that I had used to connect with. There is a sense of like loss in terms of who, yes. in order for you to yeah. become who you are, I have to let go of who I see you as. Mm. And that was rough. And I think there's the, the other piece is that uh, our our society and culture and even churches demonize um, sorrow and anger. Oh yeah, and uh, and yet, if I mean, if we actually read the Bible, it it talks about be angry but sin not. Mm-hmm. It it talks about uh, uh, rejoice Grief. with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Yeah. It talk. There's a lot about sorrow, and so this film tells us that these pieces are all healthy and that we need to embrace them to be complete. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so many of us are emotionally immature because we don't know how to embrace these parts. So 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 we're, you know, the the film very clearly points out if all you're about is joy and you don't embrace these other pieces, then you are incomplete and immature. Yeah. Um and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So I, I again, just that message alone and how we realize that sorrow and grief and these and these pieces are all healthy in yeah. our lives mm-hmm. um instead of demonizing them but embracing them is important yeah yeah Oof. yeah because even like joy itself had to learn that that was okay because yes. joy was like i run this ship we're always happy right i'm gonna do whatever i can right. and then right. when sadness started like messing with stuff like you know, craziness ensues. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Like, yeah, but right. basically she had to learn, like, it's okay for memories to be bittersweet. Like, it's okay for more than one memory, like, more than one feeling to be attached to memories and be attached to situations and yeah. stuff like that, so. Yeah. Did it yeah. resonate with you also being a father uh, of a of a daughter? Like, having a daughter yourself? Oh, I think if this, if I'd seen this film, if this film existed when my daughter was transitioning into high school, mm-hmm. um, it really would have hit me hard. Right. Uh, because that, at, at the moment that, that she entered high school, I went from being the most, the, the coolest person on the oh. planet to be the dad, don't embarrass me. Oof, that's and, crazy. Uh, which all changed right after she graduated from high and school. And then she was right back. Right, yeah. right. So, so, this this film didn't have that same impact because yeah. we we were past that that point. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. Even about Toy Story three, it wasn't just like the films after it weren't as good. It's just it almost reached a point where we had gone past. Yeah, where what yeah. they could leave, what impact right. they could leave on us. Right. So yeah. they're still good. They're still oh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And I know you particularly will get to this, but you use some of the films that came after, like Coco, for instance. Right in how you relate to people. Right. But it's less on what it does for you personally and more now kind of the next generation. Right. And I right. think that's there is definitely a line in the say I don't know. I draw it obviously at Toy Story Three and I'm sure you guys all have your own, but um there's definitely a line in the sand of whenever things stop impacting you the same way that they used to. Briefly, 
The Good Dinosaur 2015, which was supposed to come out in 2014, but got delayed. Thoughts? Computer animated The Lion King. You just switch dinosaurs for the lions, and what? It's the same. It's the same. Yeah, movie. no. It's when I was stuff. watching the preview, I saw like when the dad got like rushed away in the water. Yeah. I was like, oh, so this is the Lion King. Yeah. Or Land Before Time, like yeah. <laughs> just right, the, right. Yeah, it was. Um, one brief thing I'll say: it was the first time I saw a Pixar film where the concept had no relation to the story. Yeah, and that yeah. frustrated me. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what a great setup! What if dinosaurs and humans coexisted? And what a insignificant story to that. Like yeah, right. it means literally that setup. You could have had any other characters play these two. Mm-hmm. It could have been the good dog. Yeah. The good balloon. Yeah. John Cena, the good balloon. Pixar, twenty twenty. <laughs> you can't pop me. me. You can't pop me. That's a good one. I was like, so I you could have had any other thing, and it would not have changed the story one bit. Yeah. Frustrated yeah. me, yeah. but I liked it though. But it frustrated me. Mm-hmm. So. That's the good dinosaur. Uh, then we get into, I feel like, one of the biggest, like, build-ups for a oh, sequel. Yeah. This is yeah. this was our first one where the sequel was one that we've been waiting for for years and for years. years. Yeah, because so, we had Toy Story 2. Yeah. It was only, like, But a Toy few... Story 2 was, like, right when we, like, were becoming conscious. Right. And it was there, right. and we were like, oh, I didn't know I wanted this, but okay, Right, and then, then there was Toy Story 3, which was like, oh. We didn't, again, know that that was coming, but. And, yeah. and the same way, it's like, we already had Toy Story 2, so it's like, we were happy to have Toy yeah, Story exactly. 3. So. This was one. We Ooh. were waiting on, well, I mean, we weren't necessarily, I guess, waiting, waiting, but we were hoping oh, for this we one were hoping for a while. So, hard. so Finding Dory 2016. Um, who wants to start? You guys should start. Was it worth the wait? Um, No. <laughs> yes, no. I will say I. It's like yes, asterisk. Like <laughs> I'm glad that it happened and it was a great movie. But I feel like if it had come quicker behind Finding Nemo, it would have been less of a. I've been waiting for 20 years and uh, this is what I got. Okay, like if it was just like ah, two years later, like oh that was so good. Oh my gosh, I'm glad to see Dory again. And then you move on. You know, not a big deal. Mm. I don't know, but I just um, I did enjoy it. I liked it a lot. Um, I still have only seen it the once, so I would need my to. my issue with both Finding Dory and The Incredibles two. I don't understand what their aversion to a progressing with the time is. Like both Finding Dory and Incredibles two pick up almost immediately where the previous two films left off, and it's so glaringly obvious that we have moved on as a generation because the film's almost refusal to move on, just picking up where it left off, is like. It just kind of reminds you that you're in a different state that you were when you experienced the first one. Whereas if, like, they kind of reintroduced the world in a new way, like a progressed way, you would feel – I don't know. It would feel more like, oh, okay, it's it's the same thing, but it's different with me. Whereas, like, now it's it's – I don't know how to explain it other than, like – you can comp- it's so much easier to compare the two. I appreciate the fact that they picked up right where he left off because then I don't feel like I missed anything. <laughs> like I like I was waiting for the continuation of the story, and if they continued ten years later, I'd be like, "Well, what happened to this story I was waiting for?" You know. So like that's I appreci- maybe in Incredibles, I, but, especially in Incredibles. In but I can't imagine but, what, what were you expecting to see on Finding Nemo? What? How long did fish live? Like how <laughs> how much time did you want them to skip? Mm. <laughs> like and that's the thing too is why progressing time for me I guess wouldn't really change anything maybe there's things that they could that would they could cover and that would help but I'm like a finding Dory finding Nemo like it's under the sea it really has no relation to anything in but our the par- world the characters on. would have progressed they should have allowed the characters to mature along with us and mm-hmm. there's something about like having to reset and go back when it comes to something as culturally big yeah as that I kind of see that, but also I just don't see where they would have progressed. I would have been interested, and I think this is what it needs to be and what it might even be, is that in the third one, that's what we'll see. If they do a third finding somebody, maybe they'll find Marlin, and it'll be progressed a little bit, and Nemo and his son will go find their granddad. Or the Incredibles, and like Incredibles 3, maybe the kids are in college, and you know, like it's progressed a little bit. But again, I mean, we're not talking about Incredibles, but I did like that they picked right up. Um, but I mean, that's what happened with Toy Story. Like Toy Story one and two were kind of right back to back. Yeah, but and they were toys- in the same period though. They were right back to back because they came out back to back year wise. So guess. you were progressing with them, and then Toy Story three, you progressed with it. Uh, 
Okay. So there. Okay, you might have got me there, but also that's what happened. I mean, I, <laughs> so I, I I do feel your point, but also from a a storyteller's standpoint, I really don't mind, uh, you know, whether a, a story takes place further in the future or it uh, when it comes to a sequel or right after the the previous film ended. Yeah. I, I think the issue for me with Finding Dory is that I wish the story had been better mm-hmm. and with less a dependency on gimmicky comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I felt, felt that, that that the characters deserved better mm-hmm. and that yeah. it didn't deliver on that. I'll give it that. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like it's not a rule. I'm not saying like I love films that pick up right where they left off, but there was something about these two in particular where – both Finding Dory and Incredibles 2, they end in such a place where the characters have experienced and and gone through certain arcs and come to realizations that to pick up immediately where they left off, it's like it just it, – it strained – it strained credibility in terms of like what they – they needed time to process and have new issues. I just feel like both the films, they didn't give a, the characters the chance to evolve at all and almost process what they had just experienced and like – and have something to say about that and like challenge that more so it was just like and so whenever Marlon because like for me I realized that when Marlon was like ready to just jump in and help Dory and and leave his home again with his son who he just only a few months ago saved from utter like disaster there's no way that would have happened like there is a way that would have happened because the whole first movie is teaching him that his son is more capable than he thinks true but I feel like it needed a lot more time to be like oh I remember doing that back then not like like if you just went through a harrowing experience do you think you're just gonna hop right back in like it's why there's like leaves of absence for war you don't just like it's like it wasn't war it was like (sighs) i am watching my son grow up we went through something hey we're even if we're more a year we're more talented and more capable it could have been they never said how long it's been it could have been five years it was in that same class i mean they're fish how can you really tell (laughs) you can tell (laughs) also i guess nemo wasn't any bigger so yeah so it's just like it just didn't make sense for molly to be like all right cool i know i just came back from like crossing the entire ocean but yeah let's go out again whereas if it had been like maybe a year later it'd have been like okay he's let that sink in with him it would have been a great challenge of like i don't want to do it but a year ago she helped me and i'm a little bit more removed from like the immediate like i've had a chance to at least recover the immediate shock so yeah that's finding dory cars three any notes I didn't see it, but it looked better than Cars 2. It, it looked more appropriate of a follow-up to Cars. I, I did see it. It was better than Cars 2. Um, and Surprisingly <laughs> better, but still not great. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now we come to probably one of the best of their bunch, 2017's Coco. Coco. 2017. Yeah. Eric, I'm going to let you. I... I really can't say enough about this film, and I I think my disappointment is not with the film, mm-hmm. but the way that people did not go see it because they thought it was the Book of Life redo. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. Uh, th- no two films could be so different. Right. And uh, I I remember uh, the National Hispanic Media Association. Uh, had a special screening uh, that that Pixar provided for them, and and that's what really made me want to go see it. Was they said this was the first American film that didn't appropriate our culture, but actually really got it right. That's yeah. awesome. and they went through such tremendous measures. When 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 the question was asked earlier. How has Pixar changed the industry? One of the things, for sure, is that is the whole idea of you cannot draw and write about what you have not experienced. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. taking people to the actual location so that they could experience the culture and experience the place and and see uh, these these real things and that they invested that kind of thing into it. And so knowing that that they spent so much time living in Mexico and living among the people. This film, in the theater, um, and I went by myself, uh, we had just lost um, both uh, our cat, that had been Daniela's pet, um, and then um, uh, my wife's grandfather from Puerto Rico, uh, Daniela's great-grandfather. It was a heavy loss, and so then, 
for for quite some time my uh um my wife resisted seeing coco because they were she was so raw and my and uh, my daughter felt the same way uh i saw it when it came out and by the time it got to the end i was shaking Ooh, yeah. i was shaking and sobbing um what a beautiful gift mm-hmm. and i know that um the day of the dead is so demonized uh, especially by churches that have no understanding yeah, of what the day is really all about. Yeah. Um, that film had such a, a huge impact on me. Eventually, my daughter went to the theaters and, and saw it with me. And now uh, I, there are only two films that we have a tradition. Um, my favorite film of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. And so mm. it's the film that I watch every Christmas. Okay, uh, Coco, we will play every October and we have an altar to to That's remember cool. uh, every precious person wow. and and pet that we have lost and, and loved That's uh, awesome. to know how to celebrate those that we have lost yeah um, this film is is such a precious gift I just I can't say enough about it and how criminal it was for Michael Giacchino to not have been nominated for best score. Mm. This was one of the greatest. Uh, I mean, he's so versatile. Yeah. And I I just I'm I'm speechless of how the the music could not have been appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, well, I mean, it, it won for best song, but the score was phenomenal. Yeah. Coco is one of those films I feel like also just speaks for itself. Yeah. Like it I could I could sit here all day and talk about what I thought about it, but um I'm just humbled by watching other people watch it. Yeah. And see how their home, their culture has been depicted and appreciated and yes. not appropriated. Yeah. But just um it's just humbling. And and I got I have had the opportunity to watch it with people who um who have lived that type of life. Yes. Who grew up in that environment. Yeah. And um, it's just it's Pixar has always been known for creating worlds and like putting a lot of time into what they do and not just taking the world that the characters live in for granted. And I think this is the perfect culmination of that to where it paid off more than just being a rewarding film experience, but it was culturally rewarding. Yes. And and how it it and how it honored um, it honored the people who have who have just not been honored that much by at least American cinema. Right. And right. so that was, I agree. That's really all I can ever say about Coco is it's just, it just humbling to watch it with the people who it was made for. So, yeah. yeah, I think it was a, um, it was just really, it was really great. in the fact that it was just educational, it was educational without being preachy. Like it really right. just showed like, right. cause there's not, there's not a lot of knowledge in any like stuff like that about definitely Dia de los Muertos and um, just like that holiday and like what it is like obviously like I've heard of it like mm-hmm. you see like the skulls and the masks and all that right. stuff and you're like okay that's like a day of the dead whatever I don't know what that is and so for me that was just really it was really educational it was really cool to like have that insight and know like what that is actually about and like yeah. have it in such like a fun and interesting package but like yeah and now I feel a little bit more cultured just having seen it so like <laughs> so it's like good to that that is available now for anyone to just mm-hmm. be more woke yeah I would love to do like oh gosh I want to make sure I and and forgive me if I'm not saying the the word right the ofrenda which is the the altar uh, yes. if you if you look at the uh the, the the documentary the extra pieces in Coco they talk about how the cast created their own uh, the, wow. the everyone who worked on the film created a, a memorial oh, of, wow. of the loved ones that are lost and I would love to do like a community That's ofrenda uh, yeah. so that that would be the kind of thing that I would love to do around that time and then and then watch the film yeah I love it yeah um wow uh, so that that is uh, Coco in 2017 and now we move on to, to the twentieth. 2018. Well, well, first I was just going to say this is the 20th Pixar film. The 20th Pixar film. Are you just copying me? Are you just copying me? All right, then. (laughs) So 2018's Incredibles. The Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2. Before we talk about Incredibles 2, can we talk about Bao? (gasps) 
I, I could talk about Bao way more. <gasps> oh, than I could I'm talk glad about. we watched that because that was adorable. Bao is the f- is uh the first, right? The the first uh animated short to be uh uh written and directed by um by an Asian woman. Is that is that? It was it, it, almost a continuation of Coco to right. see to see a culture. Um, not appropriated, but used, utilized yes. to tell yes. a very unique story. Right. Uh, that that went right through me, you know, because she it, what it says like this woman's dealing with empty nest syndrome, where right. her right. son has moved on. You don't actually know kind of what's going on. It's very mysterious. Right. And she this dumpling comes to life and she raises it, and then yeah, it, it culminates in like her eating the dumpling when it's trying to move on and, and move away and become its own person. I'd eat that little nigga too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh, nope. So, so Incredibles 2 2018, I mean, we basically already addressed it. How did you like so. it, Benji? What was it, fun seeing it in theaters with people? No, all of my friends went without me, rudely. Um, and I don't see movies by myself, so. I invited him to see it for Father's Day, but he was busy working. I was working, so I don't necessarily hold it against you. You better not. <laughs> I invited you to join our family, because yeah. you're basically our family. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then my roommates went and saw it with some random person from church who they just met like a month prior, and I was like, hey, how, dare they? how about you wait to see this movie that we've all been waiting for for however long? To see it with me, plus years. I was at work, so yeah, I'm not salty about it. <laughs> but He's a little uh, salty about it. <laughs> no, yeah. So I finally saw. When did I see it? Watched it two three nights, nights ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. So um, no, I really enjoyed it, and I was happy that they picked up right where they left off. I felt like I didn't miss anything. I enjoyed the story. It was a little retelling of the first Incredibles. Um, same but different. I will say is a good note for sequels for me. I feel like it's what I would have wanted to see. Like if the second one had come out the next year, I would not have been disappointed at all. Like I really That's, enjoyed it. Goes back to my original point though. If that had come out the next year, that story would have felt a little bit more like, I don't know. Just years later to have to like reset, go back, yeah, and and be in that same state and to their refusal of, it's like that. It's like that college. Or, or or high school teacher you have where you go back and hang out with them and they're still talking about the good old days and you're like, yeah, man, we've moved on. Like, what are you still doing here? And they're just but like, sometimes it's fun to reminisce. Maybe, <sighs> you know. Just, <laughs> just saying, the Incredibles two and Finding Dory were the equivalent of going back and having my uh, like my old youth pastors just be like, I'm exactly the same person. But Don't... the point of going back is to enjoy the same thing. No, if you going... if you go back to a restaurant that you went to as a child to get that same milkshake that you always got and they said, well, we don't have this one now, but we moved on and we have this one, you would throw a fit. You want to go back and see your old characters be themselves. Food is different. I got to say, I absolutely loved in. Incredibles too. I know. Thank I, you. I know. I, I, I love that it picked up the very second that the last one yes. ended, and I don't. I don't feel that it was now. Although it was familiar, it wasn't. It was not the same film. It preached this, past this it. was this was about <laughs> Helen. It was about women. It was about men's ego. And even though those things were touched on in the first film. Um, just because Bob can't live without Helen doesn't mean that Bob learned how to live with Helen. Ooh. And that and this film now, addresses that. That's that's some preaching right there. In okay. A, in addition to the movie ends on a on a positive note, but the uh, on the first one. Yeah. But did the world change? And we find out that it the did, world did the not. world had not changed. Exactly. That they were still criminals. So it was important to deal with those issues. So I, I, I see the two films as one story. All right. It's it's part one and part two of he one still, he, story. He couldn't convince me about Finding Dory though. That was Preach. trash. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was trash for me. But whatever. Oh, man. Yes. No. What did you just say there? That was really good. Just because Bob Parr couldn't live without Helen didn't mean he learned how to live with her. Exactly. F- that if that right there is not the quote of the day. That's a, <laughs> that is phenomenal. I think you just like you summed up the the very the best aspects of Incredibles 2 for me, which was of course like Helen's journey. Um 
I've already talked enough about it. I'm not going to try Yeah, we anymore. don't need to do any more. I think you just put that straight yeah. to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You wrapped that up you in a nice little bow. You tucked that right in and gave it a kiss on the forehead. So <laughs> it is asleep. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so that is 20 films that we just went through. Before we finish, I did have uh, a few quick questions. It, just like briefly, is it difficult for you? I mean, because it is for me. I, I know, Benji, you haven't followed the behind the scenes as much. Is it difficult for you to kind of embrace what Pixar is while acknowledging the legacy that has been um, that's come surrounded it within the past few years, like after the Me Too movement and uh, after like they came out about inappropriate behavior in the work environment? Um, I, 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 I do. I'm deeply concerned about the future of Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm concerned about uh, that. That with the revelation of the things that John Lasseter was doing um, and that there were no consequences. Yeah. Uh, And so I I just want to be short that uh, Disney says that they have a zero tolerance policy, but they didn't have a zero tolerance policy with a man who was documented inappropriately touching women. Yeah. and allowed this man to decide that he was going to take a sabbatical mm. and that although they quote unquote let him go during his sabbatical to find enlightenment about how this uh, behavior was wrong they kept him as a well-paid consultant to the end of the year and gave him a very generous severance package mm. none of that um, suggests justice. I didn't really touch upon it that much, but I was very aware of who John Lasseter was, like over the course of these films, and I always admired him. Right. And I, I mean, it's like I can't take away my admiration for him as a storyteller, but um, now I have to grapple with the very real reality that this person that I looked up to, um, even though some people might say, well, it wasn't as bad as other people, it's like even if it was just one iota mm-hmm. of taking somebody, looking them in the eye, and saying, you're not even not consciously saying it, maybe subtly saying it, whatever, but saying it in your actions that that person is not equal to you, right. that that person is not deserving of their own decisions, that right. that, that person is just uh, there to bring you pleasure. That's rough. That's uh, but, um, but as rough as it is for me to grapple with that, it's more rough for those people who are dealing with it. So it's exactly. kind of one of those things like you just get the fuck over it, honestly. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, because there's people out there who are actually who are dealing with real ramifications from that. Right. I don't know where we fit into that, but as a person who's always admired and appreciated Pixar, um, I have to be conscious of that moving forward because every action I make, um, even going to pay and see the films, like it does, it it tells the studio something. There's one thing, yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll just throw this last part out because there are, there are are individuals who are that are part of scandals, and I keep wrestling with what do I do with my hard-earned money that if I go see this film am I validating and endorsing uh their actions yeah their actions um but but knowing so many people behind the scenes yes that that are that don't deserve to have their hard work destroyed yeah and and are not part of that yeah, uh, and that's like what a, I have to move forward with is that I am supporting these individuals, not and consciously yeah, not supporting, not letting one person destroy right. everybody else's work. Kind of right. like how uh, Roseanne got Roseanne canceled for everyone, right? Whereas yeah. like she was the one that messed up, but everybody lost. But the they show. did bring right. it back, right. and a bunch of people lost their jobs. But they brought it back. Right. But like like originally that like would have been so awfully unfair. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think that's a good one. To, I mean, we like I said, this whole thing has been about how like we not only how something in pop culture affects us, but how it affects us in affecting other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we we sign off on this episode, I'd be remiss to not, of course, once again, remind you that I'm very thankful for the part you've played in just like blessing me and our family and um, just your enthusiasm, your vulnerability your um, just your willingness to kind of uh, be there for people, even if if they might be just <laughs> stepping all over you. You've always you've always been a stepping stone for the people around you, and I it's it's great to know that you're still out there helping other kids, other families, and um, and just I always want to let you know that my love for film 
while it was placed in me from the very day I was born, um, it was cultivated by you and just by your enthusiasm for the industry and what it could do. Mm-hmm. And I like when me and Benji were talking about kind of like why I fell in love with film. He was just like, man, I didn't. What did you say? You like you didn't have someone like that to. Yeah. When you were like, oh, yeah, because, you know, my dad and Pastor Eric were very like they were adamant about like when Pixar movies would come out, they'd be like, this is Pixar. And they would explain like this is the people who did this and like well, and they would just kind of you guys would explain like the line and like how it's like the same thing. And like, I was like, oh, I didn't really have anybody to explain like the lineage of right. like, their movies and just mm-hmm. kind of appreciate like, Oh, this is like a production company. This is what they do. This is what they've put out. Like this, this kind of explain that yeah. world and have me like really understand it at a young age and grow up in that. Whereas like, obviously like I have a love for Disney because they did that themselves where it's like, you just know Disney. So right. it's like you get that. But if yeah. like I had had that for other things, that would have been really cool. You were honestly, you were one of the first people that we, we talked about having as a guest on our show. Like as soon as we started talking about this, it was like, Pastor Eric, you got to be on it. We just didn't yeah. know what we were going to talk about. <laughs> and thank God we had you here for this behemoth of an episode. Because I definitely needed some backup for Incredibles too. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm glad to provide that backup. Exactly. Glad, well, and we're glad that you guys have been listening to us and stuck with us. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, by searching at Pink Popcast. That's pop, P-O-P. You can also follow us individually. Um, I'm at Josiah J. Rizzo. I'm at Binge Watch. It's Benji without an I. Watch. <laughs> And then we got this one. Where are you at? <laughs> oh, you know what? If you want to check out the nonprofit that I work for, it's called Stars. Uh, the uh, website address is gostars.org. Gostars. All right. S-T-R-S. And what if they want to follow you on uh, Instagram? On Instagram. It's your handle. Yeah. What's Blonde Negro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I When I saw that the first time, I was like, this guy is my favorite. <laughs> B-L-O-N-D-E-N-E-G-R-O. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We love it. And you can watch us on YouTube and, of course, listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word. You know, it's we've talked about a lot of stuff today, but uh, at the end of the day. It's the end of the day. That was the most natural way to, to shove You that know what? Can we just skip it? <laughs> I'm over uh, it. <laughs> We've had to record this a few times, so that's what's up. Benji, you didn't want to say something? Leave us a comment. There you go. Leave a- <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. I was setting you up for that. Leave us comments. We're going to read the best one and the worst one. I don't know why he's <laughs> adamant about that, but it's stuck now. But thank you guys for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, until then, I'm Josiah Rizzo. I'm Benji Jones. I'm Eric Johnson. And on Wednesdays... We We wear wear pink. pink. All right. Play us out, future Josiah. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Goodbye now. Bye. 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 Bye.